Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. From Equity Mates Media, this is The Dive. I'm your host, Sasha Kelly. Student loan forgiveness made headlines around the world last week as US President Joe Biden announced executive action to forgive $240 billion worth of student loans over the next 10 years. My campaign for president, I made a commitment that would provide student debt relief, and I'm honoring that commitment today. Now, plenty has been written about the merits of the policy. On one hand, we've learnt about the hardships that many students with loans face, the way it affects new business creation and the upward mobility of borrowers. And on the other hand, we've heard from those that have already paid off their loans about the unfairness of the policy, and we've heard about the moral hazard it creates for colleges. But... Is this a solution that treats the symptom and not the cause? Because whilst past students are getting their student loans forgiven, as the college year starts up again, a whole new intake of students will be taking out new student loans. It's Monday, the 29th of August, and today I want to know, why are student loans such a problem in America? To do this, I'm joined by my colleague, Alec Ranahan. Alec, welcome to The Dive. Hey, Sasha. As a heavily indebted student, I'm uh, looking forward to this episode. I didn't want to ask. I thought maybe it's a bit personal to say, do you still have a student loan? But I'm going to put my hand up and say, I still have a hex debt, which is what we call it in Australia to pay off. So this is something that I'm actually really interested in. So Alec, let's start with a big number. How much student loan debt is out there in America? Here in the United States, student debt has ballooned to more than a trillion dollars. So how did we get here? $1.75 trillion, Sasha. That's the big number. That's across 43 million American borrowers, making the average amount around $37,000 per student or per borrower. Those are some big numbers, especially when you've got the T in front of the Ilian sound, the trillion. So that seems a lot. How does that compare to other debts that uh, individuals hold? Yeah, the when you talk about the trillion number, it's hard to put it in context. So for comparison, American credit card debt stands at $930 billion, just below a trillion. American car loan debt stands at $1.43 trillion. So student debt is more than both of those. The biggest privately held debt in America, Sasha, is mortgage debt. That's $10.3 trillion. But let's talk about the reason that we're talking about student debt today. And that's because President Joe Biden plans to forgive about $300 billion worth of this debt over the next 10 years. The White House plans to cancel $10,000 of student debt for borrowers who make less than $125,000 a year and $20,000 for Pell Grant recipients, despite a last minute appeal from Majority Leader Chuck Schumer overnight to do five times as much. Yeah, that's right. Those that earned less than $125,000 a year during the pandemic will have $10,000 of student loan debt forgiven. Uh, Some low-income students will have up to $20,000 forgiven. It's important to keep in mind that, as we said earlier, the average balance is over $30,000. So this is not total student loan forgiveness, but it will be for some. The US Department of Education estimates about 20 million people will have 
all of their student loans eliminated by this plan over the next 10 years. Think about it this way. Most of the relief that the president has given, remember the majority of people are going to get $20,000 in student loan debt relief. 40% of the folks who have student loans do not have a college diploma, four-year diploma. So we want to go beyond the story today and understand where this debt is coming from. So just how expensive is college in America? So before we talk about the cost of college, let's start by clearing up a little misconception. College in America is expensive, but it isn't wildly more expensive than some comparable countries. That's really interesting because that's not been my perception of the situation. Yeah, to be honest, it wasn't mine either. But as we were preparing for this episode, that's what we found. So I guess to put it in context, a study from 2017 found that the average cost of tuition in America was $7,000 per semester or about $14,000 a year. In England, the undergraduate tuition fees are capped at £9,250 a year for UK and Irish students. And in Australia, you're looking at, I guess, between about five dollars and $10,000 a year for a domestic student. So those prices aren't wildly different uh, in those three pretty comparable countries. But Sasha, a bit of trivia for you. Do you want to guess the most expensive American college in 2019-2020. Well, you're always giving me guessing games. I'm going to assume it's one of the Ivy Leagues. Is it Harvard? Yeah, I would have guessed Harvard as well. But there is a premium for colleges in New York. Of course. Columbia? Columbia (laughs) University. Yeah. $61,000 a year. 61? Sorry, what? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, $61,000 a year. I thought you were going to come out with a different number. That really took me by surprise. Okay. (laughs) So putting Columbia to one side, the, the first big takeaway when we're talking about this problem is that college is expensive, but college is not just expensive in America. So then why are American college costs such an issue then? Yeah, so there's two things. The first of all is how much costs have risen. And then secondly, the student loan system is quite different to the UK and Australia. Well, let's unpack that in a second, but let's of course start with rising costs. Tell me about that. In the past 50 years, tuition at American colleges has more than tripled after inflation. And one study we found put the number even higher than that. Educationdata.org released a study this month, actually, suggesting that after adjusting for inflation, college tuition has increased at 750% since 1963. I have $16,812. $47,000. $40,000. $95,000. $350,000. $60,000 worth of student loans. That's staggering. What have been the drivers then of the price increase? Why has it increased so much? Yeah, so this is a massive topic and I think let's just hit a few dot points. Uh, otherwise, Could be a whole other episode. <laughs> this episode okay. might inflate by 750% as well. Some of the key reasons, supply and demand, there's simply just more students. So the Department of Education said that there are 5 million more college students in 2017 than there were in 2000. Uh, the second reason, running a college has become more expensive. Student services are increasing, the new buildings and amenities. Uh, but one economist actually suggested that the people costs are driving about 60 to 70% of overall cost increases. The third reason, public funding has dried up. Colleges used to be funded, still are funded by a mix of government money and then student loans, private money, people paying their own way. Mm -hmm. But as state budgets have tightened, the amount that states are providing is less and less. What's happened over the years is that burden of paying for college has shifted from state taxpayers 
to the families themselves. And so now we're seeing that more and more schools are relying on tuition to get a bulk of their funding. One organization, State Higher Education Executive Officers Association, that's a mouthful, said 10 years ago, students and families were paying for about a third of college operating costs and the states were paying for the rest. Now it's about half. So as public funding dries up, students have to fill that gap. So that's the third reason. And then the final reason, Sasha, might actually be student loans themselves. There's this concept called the Bennett hypothesis. When the Secretary of Education, uh, William Bennett, argued that increases in financial aid have allowed colleges and universities to raise tuition, confident that these federal loan subsidies will help cushion the increases. So basically, the more the government allows people to borrow, the more colleges can raise prices, the more people will borrow. That cycle is another reason often given. Yeah, it sounds like those four key drivers are pretty potent mix, actually, when you put them together and see what the result's going to be. So my big question then is, has anyone actually tried to do anything to stop these prices from increasing? Yeah, so some colleges have been trying to take it upon themselves to cut costs. Um, A few examples we found. One example we found, the Southern New Hampshire University cut tuition 50 percent and some other sort of entrepreneurs and education providers are looking at new ways to deliver uh, college cheaper you know like online courses and stuff like that Uh, but I think the fact of the matter is colleges are expensive to run and even cutting costs the student loan debt can often still become a burden even at these reduced rates. So I think at this point, I have a really good idea of the costs and the drivers behind that and why they've risen so much. So let's take a break and then unpack the loan system and how it's different in America than it is to other countries. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. For those who do qualify, how helpful is this going to be? Well, it's going to be helpful for a lot of people. More than 45 million borrowers have about $1.6 trillion in federal student loan debt. Welcome back to The Dive. Today, we're talking about student loan forgiveness. I'm joined by my colleague, Alec Renahan. And before the break, we were discussing how American college isn't that much more expensive than comparable nations like Britain and Australia. And both Britain and Australia also have student loan systems. So why, Alec, is this problem a uniquely American one? It's that, this is the question, Sasha. <laughs> and, and the reason is the structure of the student loan programs in Britain and Australia is quite different to the structure in America. In Britain and Australia, the term we need to know is income contingent repayment schemes. Basically, loans are provided by the government and are structured under these income contingent repayment schemes where you only repay if you have the income to repay. There's no obligation to repay these loans if you're unemployed or you're earning a salary under a certain threshold. 
And as the government administer these schemes and they collect our taxes, they know if we can pay. In America, it's a little bit different. The, the government is involved and subsidizes the scheme, but it's ultimately a debt like your credit card debt. Mm, and this is the key difference in many ways because student debt profiles across these countries just aren't that different, are they? Yeah, that's right. So we found some data on the average student loan balance across the three countries we're talking about today. In America, it's about $37,000 per borrower. In Australia, it's about $24,000 per borrower. And in Britain, it's about £35,000 per borrower. I mean, £35,000 isn't small. That, that, that seems quite high to me. I, I agree. I, I was surprised by it as well. But I think this is the really interesting finding in, in some of this data that the total value of the student loan or the total cost of the college isn't really what's creating this problem, but it's the structure of the scheme around it. So the difference is, and this is the buzzword that we need to know, Sasha, income contingent repayment schemes. Okay. In Australia, you only start to repay your student loans once your income hits about $47,000. Mm-hmm. In Britain, you only start to repay your student loans once your income reaches £21,000. And... And there are thresholds for how much you repay. So the idea for both of these countries is they don't want repaying your student loans to be unduly burdensome. Mm -hmm. In America, it's a little bit different. It's a loan. You have to pay it. There's generally a six to nine month grace period after you finish college. I guess the idea is that's when you find a job. But then you need to start repaying your loan after that. Okay, so there's a lot more urgency to the loan repayment program in America. And so once you have a debt, uh, there's always interest on that debt. So what are the interest rates across the different countries? Yeah, so in Australia and Britain, the loans don't have an interest rate per se. They're indexed to inflation. So uh, as inflation goes up, the loans go up, but you're not really charged interest on top of that. In the United States, the interest rate for undergraduates is about 4.99% and for graduate students, it's about 7.5%. 7.5%. I guess it's still low, lower than inflation at the moment, which yeah, doesn't, yeah, make, <laughs> doesn't make me feel any better about my debt. Well, I guess that leads to the question of defaulting because in Australia and Britain, you can't default on your debt. If you're earning nothing, then you're paying nothing, but that can't be the same in the States. Yeah, that's right. You can't default on your student debts in Australia and Britain. Whenever your income is high enough, you pay it off. Whenever your income isn't, you don't. It's not like uh, your debt can be sold to debt collectors and they can chase you up and force you into bankruptcy. But in America, you're expected to keep paying it, whether you're employed or not, whatever your income is. And this means you can default on it and you can be chased up by collection agencies or you know, be forced to declare bankruptcy. And so this is where the difference becomes really stark because if you fall behind on your student loan debt repayments in America, it becomes a debt collection issue similar to missing your credit card repayments, which sounds really scary to me. Yeah, it is. It is scary. It's a meaningful debt that I guess, you know, us having gone to university in Australia, we're we're not as worried about it. And that's really why American student loans are the conversation and not student loans in Australia and Britain. Even though borrowers have similar amounts of debt and even though colleges cost similar amounts, at least for undergraduate domestic students. And some data, Sasha, as we wrap this up from the New York Times and NPR shows just how many borrowers in America are really struggling with their debt repayments. The New York Times in 2018 found that 10% of borrowers were in default just three years after they left college. 
and 16% were in default after five years. And then for borrowers who don't complete their degree, NPR found that their default rates were three times as high as those that did. So this isn't a small percentage of borrowers that are struggling. It's a pretty meaningful percentage of, of all borrowers. And I guess that's why us in Australia and those listening in Britain should be thankful for the systems that we have. Yeah, one in 10 people, that's pretty sobering to hear actually. Well, I think let's leave it there for today, Alec. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, then please tell a friend about it. It really is the best way for our podcast to grow. And if you're listening because you've been referred, then welcome. We have a growing back catalogue that's well worth checking out. Our last three episodes, we talked about the business of Mr. Beast, YouTube's highest earner, the race to put satellites above our heads and what's happening in the world of streaming. So there's plenty to go check out. Remember, you can also follow us on Instagram at thedive.businessnews. You can contact us by email thedive at equitymates.com and you can subscribe wherever you're listening right now so you never miss an episode. Thanks so much for talking about this with me today, Alec. Thanks, Sasha. Until next time. The Dive is a product of Equitymates Media. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of The Dive acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The hosts of The Dive are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.